What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are and wherever you listen. Hope you and your friends and family all are having a happy and healthy holiday season so far. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSEC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And of course, two weeks ago, when the Braves and all the other Major League teams were at the winter meetings, we saw a lot of activity going on. But the Braves themselves did not have any activity you know, of note. You know, There really weren't any rumors in terms of the Braves potentially making moves when they had multiple needs to address. Obviously, the biggest back then was would they or would they not re-sign Dansby Swanson. Well, as Alex Anthopoulos mentioned at the end of the winter meetings, though nothing had occurred, he did feel good about some conversations that had happened that could potentially lead to activity. And that's exactly what has happened. While the Braves were pretty quiet at the winter meetings, it's hard to argue against the fact that they've been the most active team since the winter meetings, and they made some pretty significant moves. Talking about moves they did make and moves that obviously they did not make. Over the past two weeks, they've acquired reliever Joe Jimenez from the Tigers. Obviously, one of the bigger trades of the offseason so far, getting all-star catcher Sean Murphy um, from the Oakland Athletics. And then, of course, the move that they did not make this past weekend as Dansby Swanson signed a seven-year $177 million deal with the Chicago Cubs. Fellow Battery Power podcast member Stephen Tolbert and I broke down all the different perspectives on the Braves seeing Dansby Swanson sign with the Cubs, so make sure you check that out. Not only talking about, you know, the move the Braves didn't make and why it was logical, but different ways the Braves can pivot to be able to fit their needs for the rest of the offseason. Well, the Braves have also opened up some roster spots due to the different players that they sent out in the Sean Murphy trade. And from that, they've made a couple of moves to fill those roster spots. A few days ago, they acquired infielder Hoy Park from the Boston Red Sox, who had been designated designated for assignment when Kenley Jansen signed with the Red Sox. Park is more of a utility type infielder, more of organizational depth, not really someone that, you know, you're really seeing the Braves work into the plans. Perhaps, you know, he could have a stint or two in the majors, you know, if injuries were to occur, but not anyone of any real significance in terms of his value to the Braves 
in 2023. But on Monday, the Braves certainly seemed to enjoy making moves on Monday. The Braves did make a pretty relevant, you know, significant move in terms of adding to their outfield depth. They signed veteran outfielder Jordan Luplo to a one-year, $1.4 million deal. And as the Braves addressed in their write-up on signing Luplo, the main focus, the main strength of his skill set, at least that he's shown at times in his career, is his ability to hit left-handers. A pretty, you know, Pretty impressive 125 WRC plus against left-handers in his career. A one-year, $1.4 million deal. Now, he has the reputation of in the past being someone that can hit lefties pretty well. But the thing about it is, is that the reason why Luplo was available for $1.4 million is because he's not been that consistent in terms of his overall production. Over the past four years, Luplo has gone from a 141 OPS when he had an outstanding season as a platoon partner role player with Cleveland in 2019 to an 84 WRC plus in 2020, a 116 WRC plus in 2021. But then last year, he struggled versus both right-handers and left-handers playing for the Diamondbacks, only a 78 WRC+. But the thing about it is this, is that Luplo, he, he matches, the he matches you know, in a general sense, the profile of hitters that the Braves have gone out to get in the past that once they arrived in Atlanta, you saw the Braves be able to generate success from them that they had not seen previously. I mean, you go back to Josh Donaldson, you go to Adam Duvall, who though he struggled in 2018, certainly was a big bat for the Braves at times, you know, over the past several years. You look at Jorge Soler in 2021. I'm not saying that Luplo has the potential to make the type of impact that those names did during their time with the Braves. But what I am saying is, is that the Braves have a good track record of helping hitters figure out how to once again replicate the success that they had in the past. And it's not just about what Luplo could do at the plate, that at least makes him an intriguing option as outfield depth. He's also someone that has shown that he's at least capable to not be too much of a liability in the corner outfield positions and even can play center in a pinch. He possesses a very good arm. His arm rates very highly among Major League Baseball defenders. So he's also someone that isn't just strictly a DH. He could give different members of the Braves outfield breathers at times to keep them fresh as the season goes along. So ideally, you have Luplo be an outfield depth, another right-handed hitting option. You obviously can use him, you know, his preferred role probably would be to be the platoon partner against lefties out in left field. You could also use him to play all the different outfield positions, center field in a pinch. You don't want him out there every day, but he can be someone that you can feel at least comfortable putting out in the field. But he also can provide a left-handed option, or, or he can he can be a DH or potentially a pitch hitter, pinch hitter late in games against left-handed pitching. So for $1.4 million, the Braves basically got themselves a chess piece that Brian Snicker and his staff can use in different ways. And hopefully through interacting with, with the coaching staff, Luplo will be able to refine his approach at the plate and experience some of the, um, the, some of the success he had earlier in, in his career, especially against left-handed pitching. But we can talk about all the different offensive numbers, defensive numbers, and all that. The big number that stands out to me 
is $1.4 million. This truly is very little, if any, risk at all for the Braves. And it also, with the fact that Luplo could fill multiple needs for the Braves potentially if he were to have a successful season, you have a very good opportunity for him to add positive value in the role that he's expected to perform in. Say he struggles. Say he does not get back to the way he once was. Well, if that's the case, you know, again, $1.4 million, it may just be a cost that the Braves eat if he doesn't work out. That's how small of a commitment it is to Leplo. But if he is someone that experiences a bit of success, if he's someone that can, you know, give a breather to the Braves regulars in the outfield by playing defense, if he can be successful against left-handers when his number's called to be in the outfield, if he can fill in at DH, if he can be a pinch hitter in big situations against left-handers, if he could provide depth, if he could be someone that can extend the Braves lineup when he's hitting towards the bottom of the order, those are all things that he's shown he can do in the past. And with the Braves' track record, there's a good chance that they may be able to help him to return to that type of player. So my point is this, is that Leplo may not necessarily be someone that, you know, creates a bunch of excitement. And yes, he is someone that has been inconsistent. He, you know, he's not, you know, the most ideal, consistent lefty masher that we've all known the Braves needed. But he's not someone that, you know, is guaranteed to just come right in and start mashing left-handers. He's been inconsistent with that throughout his career. But for $1.4 million, if he doesn't work out, the Braves can simply move on without there being too big of a cost. But if he works out, it's the latest addition of Alex Anthopoulos being able to find on the cheap a player that can fill multiple roles and that could be a good find for the Braves to allow for them to have the depth that they need to play matchups and be successful. We've seen it time and time again. Alex Anthopoulos is a master on the margins. Being able to get being able to get low-cost options in terms of prospect in terms of the prospects that he trades for him or the contracts that he signs them to. Getting low-cost options that come to Atlanta and perform better than expected. And while Luplo, it may not necessarily be that big of a guarantee that he'll be the latest one to do that, there are some good things to work with. And if it works out, the Braves have found depth that can help them out in multiple ways. And at the low cost that it, it that is involved, there could be a lot of good value. And once again, Alex Anthopoulos has found value in a position of need. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So with the Braves now having signed, you know, probably their most obvious platoon partner, they've at least got another option when it comes to left field. But shortstop remains the focus. And while there's not really an option out there that makes sense for the Braves either in free agency or through trade to fill their shortstop need, one big consideration when it comes to filling the shortstop need, I feel, is the potential for defense and the Braves adding to what could be the strongest up-the-middle defense in the majors for next season. 
So, so far this offseason, the big losses on paper for the Braves in terms of individual contributors from last year has obviously been former closer Kenley Jansen, who signed a two-year $32 million deal with the Boston Red Sox, um, DH slash catcher William Contreras, who was traded to Milwaukee in the Sean Murphy trade, and then, of course, longtime franchise shortstop Dansby Swanson now being in Chicago after getting a massive payday from the Cubs. The Braves have countered those moves by acquiring Joe Jimenez from the Tigers, and also Sean Murphy from the A's. So you probably could see that basically when it comes to, you know, the, the bat slash catcher that the Braves lost and also the reliever that the Braves lost, they've at least made moves that either have improved them in those areas or come close between Jimenez and Murphy compared to Jen, uh, Jensen and Contreras. But the obvious thing that remains now is the shortstop position. And when it comes to Dansby Swanson, it's not just about the offense that he provided that's a shortstop position and the Braves figuring out whether it needs to be in left field at the DH position, what have you, to, to recover some of that offense. But another big thing that stands out is Dansby Swanson's defense coming off the first goal glove of his career. And I think that that's something that really stands out. Me and Stephen Tolbert talked about it a bit on the emergency podcast edition of the Battery Power Podcast when we discuss Swanson departing for the Cubs. One of the things that stands out next year is that you're going to see some rules changes. You're going to see the shift basically uh, eliminated as an option for defenses. So it's going to be even more critical to have as much individual defense around the diamond as possible. You're also going to see different things change as far as, you know, allowing base runners to have more potential advantages. You know, we've seen plenty written about speedsters across the MLB taking on more value because the stolen base could be a bigger part of the game moving forward. My point is, is that as much as offense is supposed to be the, the, the main or sole factor in determining the value of a player, when it comes to the Braves, finding that, finding a significant offensive contributor at shortstop, it's going to be hard to do. After the Sean Murphy trade, you don't really have a lot of intriguing prospects to go get a, 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 a offensive certainty at a satisfactory level on the trade market. You'd probably have to dip into your major league talent, and it seems as if after Contreras, the Braves may not necessarily want to do that. So if it's going to be hard to go get an offensive skill set that could be above average, the way that the Braves can pivot at the shortstop position is going to get other skill sets, going to get a player who's above average at other potential skill sets. And one name that Ken Rosenthal discussed in his latest article with The Athletic is shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles, Jorge Mateo. Now, before, there's no speculation out there that the Braves are interested, and I think that it's going to be very highly unlikely the Braves are going to be comfortable paying the price that the Orioles likely would be asking to get Mateo in return. But the reason why I think that he could be a sensible option for the Braves is that he played very good defense last year, though he struggled earlier in his career. He obviously is one of the biggest threats on the base pass in baseball. So if the Braves were to go out and if they can't find someone who's going to offer a lot offensively in terms of overall offensive production, someone like Mateo is a player that can add value defensively as well as on the base pass. When it comes to Elvis Andrews, he may be the most um, logical option to go with at the shortstop position because at the very least, he can play 
good defense still, even though he's getting into his mid-30s. And this gets to my bigger, bigger overall point. If the Braves are to go out, you know, Nick Ahmed also could fall into this category. Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario could fall into this category. If the Braves go out and they get a shortstop with a strong defensive reputation, the reason why that should be a priority for the Braves and the shortstop talent they're looking to get is because that would then result in them arguably having the best up-the-middle defense in the majors. And up-the-middle defense with the things that I just talked about, the lack of the shift, as well as you know more potential advantages for the base runners. Having elite defense at the catcher position, at the shortstop and second base position, as well as center field, that could be a factor that separates contenders as time goes on. Again, I know it's all about offense, I know it's all about pitching, but if you have a clear strength defensively, at the catcher position, at both middle infield positions and center field, that's going to win you a lot of games. And the Braves have a lot of good defensive potential already. As Michael Harris, you know, easily is one of the top 10 defensive center fielders in the game, maybe even top five after last year. You've got Ozzie Albies coming back, who has shown gold glove potential at second base. And you obviously have Sean Murphy, who many consider to be a top three defensive catcher in the game. If the Braves can complement that, if it's just not making sense for them to go and pay the cost to get an offensive first option at shortstop, it's not that far of a plan B. It's not that disappointing of a plan B to go get a player who is strong defensively and also could potentially add value on the base pass. So I think that a free agent signing remains the most likely scenario with Elvis Andrews being the target. But there are some names out there. That could certainly, even though they may not necessarily wow you at the plate with their power or their run-producing ability or what have you, there are some options out there that could make sense for the Braves that could help him on the diamond at the shortstop position, playing defense, and on the base pass. We'll see what eventual route the Braves go, but with how much talent the Braves already have, they potentially can prioritize skill sets in filling their shortstop need that other teams may not necessarily have the luxury to do. And that could allow for the Braves to get a very valuable player at a reasonable cost to fill their shortstop position with Dansby Swanson, now in Chicago. Even though the Braves have already made a lot of moves, they've got some open roster spots, they continue to be active, there still needs to be filled. I wouldn't be surprised if this week, even before Christmas, the Braves make another move that potentially could be significant to really fill that, to really get their needs taken care of before we enter into the final week of the calendar year. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. As part of the Battery Power Podcast Network, you've got the Battery Power Podcast, the podcast to be named later, and the Daily Hammer, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button. Again, my name's Sean Coleman. Always a pleasure being with you. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.